Joshua Otten, thank you for joining our podcast, Inside the Glass Box. This is an exciting time for us as we're gathering about 30 different business leaders for the launch of this podcast and happy to have you part of the mix. I appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for actually having me on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really appreciate so, the opportunity. So you're with uh, Ronin Content Services. Would you mind telling our listeners a little <clears throat> bit about what your company does? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've spent the last six years in the cannabis and hemp space. Uh, I co-founded a company called Prohibited, where I built out uh, one of the largest original uh, broadcast quality cannabis uh, content networks and also helped uh, build out um, one of the first successful agencies in market that worked with, um, you know, cannabis uh, and hemp brands, building, you know, building the brands, doing the development design. And then in July, I exited and started a new company called Ronin, which kind of took on uh, what we started at Prohibited, but really wanted to accelerate it. So really what we do is we have Ronin content uh, and brand services. We work with brands. We work with emerging brands in the cannabis and hemp space, everything from designs and logos and your basic typical agency services. But then on the back end, we also have Social Club TV, which we're launching uh, this month, actually in two weeks, which is going to be the largest original OTT library of cannabis and hemp themed content uh, in the world. And we have right now over 50 hours of content and we're about to onboard another 150 hours. Uh, as part of this distribution, we also uh, have a relationship with Pluto TV and Viacom where we provide them with our 50 hour library and increasing that. Um, we did about 75 million minutes watched last year, which is great. Um, and and av- yeah, it's amazing. And what, what's really exciting for me is we have an average view time on Pluto TV of 35 minutes. So that means consumers who are sitting down and watching content are sitting there and watching it for over 30 minutes. And if you think about what we've been told by Facebook and Instagram and and Twitter, it's like, oh, everyone has a short attention span. But that's not the case. What happens is people who are making sort of short form content are, are feeding into that, but they're still going home and watching Stranger Things for you know 13 hours straight, and they're still binge watching Netflix, and they're still lo- you know still watching long form content. So it's about the type of content, the quality of content. Um, are you reaching the right audience, and are you giving them things that they want to watch? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on uh, the misperception as to how content is digested. I think there's a huge category of content out there now that's long form that we're seeing gain tremendous traction. I mean, if you think about Joe Rogan's podcasts, for example, or, uh, you know, all the different vlogs you can watch on YouTube. I mean, there's so many, uh, so many more long form options now. And I think we're, I I could be wrong in in this, but I think we're kind of trending away from the, you know, 30 second or two minute kind of content, which honestly provides much value. Well, yeah, and I think it's, I think the, the channel matters, the network of where you're consuming content means something. What, it, what I mean by that is if you're on Instagram or you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter, you're there to get a specific type of content. So if the content yeah. matches up with why you're there, meaning you're into cars, so you're watching car content or you're into um, travel or food, then you're going to sort of start to curate different individuals who are creating content within that social framework, within that medium that works there. If you're a major network and you're just trying to shoehorn in a show just because you can frame it in a way that you think works, it's just not going to ever pick up traction. But those same people are still going to go home and want to watch, um, you know, quality television. They're going to want to watch TV shows and documentaries. And so the key is to figure out 
you know, what are, who are those audience and what do they care about? Right. So just to go back to your services for a second, you produce original content for brands in the marijuana and hemp space. Is that right? Well, I think we kind of, I think what okay. differentiates us is we're, we're, we're creating content for cannabis and hemp consumers and audiences. And so the difference being that we're, we're sort of audience first. We want to create great and fun shows and formats that audiences care about. And then we have an opportunity for brands to, to allow audience to discover them through that content. So oh, it's not it. necessarily, yeah. So it's not, it's not now yeah. we do work with brands and we do produce content for brands on demand and they can tell us what they want and we can help them distribute that through, you know, pre-roll and all that stuff. But for the most part, internally, we're really trying to find um, unique fun shows, content and formats that these, that these, these audience care about. And then, um, and then use, use that audience and use that content to allow for brand discovery. Is all of your content distributed online or are you trying to go into, you know, traditional TV channels as well? I know you mentioned Viacom, for example, as a relationship that you have. Yeah. So actually it, it's all distributed through OTT. So we're, we're, we're going to be Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, Amazon Fire, iOS, Android TV. Um, so that's kind of our first launch. We're currently on Pluto TV and Viacom. Which yeah. means that we're also we're also on Samsung Plus and Vizio and and all, all the other sort of places that you can get a you can get Pluto as a platform. Um, so we're you know our content right now is pretty much you know technically in every single American home in the country. You know we, we obviously aren't claiming that everyone's watching it, but as far as distribution, um, if you turn on a smart TV or you turn on your your iPhone or you go to the web or however you want to watch it, you're gonna be able to you know consume and see our content. Yeah. Um, and 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 so that's you know that's pretty exciting that we have that immediate distribution access. Yeah, well I think I think you're in a you're in a really interesting position in in the cannabis market right now because my my take on things, you know, I I to tell you a little bit about my background. I come from a private equity and investment banking background and I've seen a lot of the capital raising in the cannabis space taking place over the last 4 or 5 years and kind of the ebbs and flows of that and you know, it, it just seems like we're at a point where we're going to, we're going to, you know, you may be well ahead of me on this, but it seems we're going to reach a point where the market's saturated and, uh, you know, you're really going to need a service like yours to help uh, differentiate your brand or make your brand stand out. And, uh, uh, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. no, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the biggest issue I see uh, both in the hemp side, more so on the hemp side right now, at least in the cannabis side, is that you see people who are building brands based on ingredients. So if you're creating a brand and your brand is, we have CBD in it, that's not a brand, right? A right. brand is something that's delivering a promise. It's health and wellness. We're going to help you sleep. We're going to help you get, get rid of your anxiety. We're going to help you cure epilepsy. We're going we're gonna to give you something. And, and right now you see brands who are taking a brand name, slapping it on 50 different bottles and tinctures and form factors and then saying the word cbd and i look at it like that all you're doing is you're marketing an ingredient um, a, a health and wellness company is going to look at cbd as a possible solution to a variety of, of issues and they're going to continue to say okay what about cbn for sleep or cbg mm -hmm. or new you know there's 110 cannabinoids they're, they're finding out new ones all the time and so um, rather than just focusing on being an ingredients company and where we sit on the content side is something similar um, we don't want to just create content that happens to have weed in it, right? I mean, that's 
yeah. that's, it, it's, it, it's okay and it's fun and we have a lot of great shows, but we, we're, we're, we're launching a show called Pimp My Grow with DNA Genetics and that's kind of fun, right? It's a, it's a format where people who want to have a grow, these guys come in and they help them, you know, figure out how to make their grow viable and it's, you know, they're small uh, managed grows. We have a bunch of content, but we're also looking at um, things like, you know, criminal justice and documentaries on, on, you know, interesting aliens and conspiracy theories, because we know that people who are cannabis consumers doesn't mean that they just necessarily want to turn on television and watch cannabis being consumed. Right, right. So just, I want to take a step back for a second, because I'm sure people listening to this will, will be questioning kind of the same thing I am right now. So Tell me more about the structure of your content. Is most of what you produce in like a half hour type format or, you know, what's the, what's the typical format? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, I like to think of us almost a little bit like, you know, say the comedy central of cannabis, right? So we have multiple different formats. We have scripted series. Uh, we have a scripted show called dope state. Um, we're distributing that and partnered with the, with the creator Gabriel Sunday and it stars, you know, Dan Harmon, uh, Adrian Grenier, uh, the Lucas brothers. And, and that's a, that's a six episode, 22 minute scripted television broadcast quality, uh, show. We also have short form content, short form for, for, for TV anyways, uh, 11 minute episodes of pop pie, which is a show with the cooking show with cannabis. And two of those will make 22 minutes. And then we have super short form content that are kind of like interstitials where they're, uh, 90 seconds, you know, it's called one hitters and it'll show you how to clean, clean your bong or how to, you know, how to grind uh flour without having a grinder and all kinds of fun stuff. And so if you yeah. combine all of this, you know, what, what you do is you're going to be able to turn on the television. You're going to turn on our programming and watch for 40 hours uh, to start and then eventually get to 500 hours pretty quickly. And you're going to, you're going to be able to see a variety of shows. You're going to see, you know, scripted comedy. You're going to see docuseries. You're going to see how to, you're going to see educational. We have a bunch of learn content. So it, it definitely, you know, we have a lot of animated series on, on learning as well. So it's, it definitely Amazing. runs the gamut. Amazing. So how yeah, much, thanks. Thank how, you. you know, you, you have, <laughs> I mean, I know several of the names you mentioned there, you know, obviously I know the outlets you're using for distribution. Uh, you've got a really, what sounds to be, you know, really robust uh, platform in place here. How long did it take you to get to this point? Yeah, so the original library took almost, um, you know, probably close to, I want to say, almost two years to build out. You know, we have 15 different series and shows. Um, and so that, that took a while. Um, and now we but we've also just launched this new company. So we're really six months in, we're six months in on operations. And we already have a bunch of new series and partners. So we're partnered with Burner, who is the, op, you know, who, who's founded Cookies. He's also a, a, a rap star and he has a show, a travel show called Marijuana Mania. So we're distributing his old content and we're also creating new content with him. So we're starting to expand our library, but it's basically, you know, it's, 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 it's been about two and a half, three years of content production. And now we're just, we're just ramping everything up. Mm -hmm. how, how many total hours of content have you produced over that two years? I would say probably close to 50 hours. So 50 yeah. hours at an average of eight to, to eight to 11 minutes. And I don't know if you can share this or not, but are your production budgets kind of in line with industry standards or are they above or below? You know, I'm wondering, you know, yeah. people, some of the stars, like you mentioned, you know, do they want to be a part of this space? 
so they, you know, do they do work at a lower rate or, you know, how does, how do the budgets work for this? Yeah, the economics are pretty varied, right? So like, if you look at a, a Joe Rogan podcast, for for instance, which yeah. is more than just a podcast at this point, it's a whole, it's an, an eco, its own ecosystem, right? Yeah. I mean, once you build out, once you build out the infrastructure of the set and all that stuff, the costs are, are super minimal there. You basically have a, a live to tape operator who can cut in through cameras. So, um, you know, we have a bunch of sets. We have a 3,000 square foot soundstage in Culver City that we've invested, you know, you know, several hundred thousand dollars into. So that allows us to efficiently create content. So when we do a season of pot pie, for instance, we can shoot over three days and get eight to 10 episodes of broadcast quality, multi-cam content. When I say multi-cam, we're talking six to eight cameras. Um, you know, to give you budget parameters, I would say, you know, we're, we're somewhere in between a YouTube star and Vice, right? Vice is spending mm-hmm. probably close to, to 3,500 to 5,000 cost per minute. So for, mm-hmm. you know, you can figure for, for a 22 minute show, it might cost them a hundred grand and then YouTubers might spend a thousand dollars total. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not, we're not trying to operate at Vice's level because it's just not necessary, but we're also, we have to be broadcast quality. If we don't create quality, um, Viacom, Pluto, and a lot of our partners aren't just going to pick up our content because if it just looks like, you know, someone picked up their iPhone and started shooting some stuff. And again, not that you can't create content with an iPhone, but just, you know, yeah. if it's just kind of, hey, we're, we're going to sit and smoke, you know, we're going to smoke some weed in this and, and, and smoke this bong and talk about weed for 45 minutes. Uh, no one's going to pick that up. It's going to be right. pretty boring. Right, right, right. So, I mean, so, so talk about the distribution a little bit. So, you know, you're plugged in with Pluto, you said, and, you know, you've got, you've got these outlets to distribute the content, but you know, nobody's going to know about it, right? Unless you promote it. So how do, how do people, Mm -hmm. how do people come to know about what you have to offer? Well, it's interesting, right? So um, content and audience discovery is a big part of what we do. So we're lucky enough to work with content creators who are, who have sort of their own community. Mm -hmm. DNA has a a huge audience of people that are excited about what they're doing. Um, You know, Burner's got a, got one of the most um, you know, sort of largest fan bases that are so supportive of what he does. Um, you know, when I partnered with Gabriel Sunday on Dope State, we did the, we did the premiere on that on Pluto. Um, and it was huge. It did, it did amazing, you know, amazing numbers, tens of millions of minutes watched. And part of that was because Lucas Brothers and Dan Harmon, um, and all these guys sort of promoted it and said, Hey, it's, it's premiering. Even Adrian Grenier did a whole, you know, story on it. So, um, partnering with co- the right content creators who either have audiences or getting influencers on the show who have their own audiences, um, we find is a great way to allow for content discovery. Yeah, that's, that's pretty brilliant. Um, so have you raised money to date to, to accomplish everything we've discussed or has this been kind of your own capital? How, how have you gotten to this point financially? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, um, we have not raised money yet. We're actually in discussions with, um, several different, um, you know, funding opportunities. We're, we're in discussions with a couple other companies to see if maybe, you know, one plus one equals 10. Uh, so we're trying to figure out exactly what it is that we're going to do. Um, we have a, we have options in place. I think, um, you know, we're just, we want to be strategic with it. Uh, up until date, you know, the good news is because we've been doing this for six years, we have a client base right now. We work with a lot of great clients in Canada. Um, Shelly is, uh, Shelly works, uh, Shelly Madison runs our content operations and she's our chief content officer up in, um, Canada. So she helps spearhead all the work we, we do with Canopy. We do a lot of the corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. content. Uh, we work with a bunch of MSOs up there. So, um, there's, there's 
there's those clients that are ongoing. And, uh, and in Los Angeles, we have a bunch of existing clients that, that want us to do everything from engage on branding services and strategy to content creation. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, we're still monetizing the library that we created. So we're monetizing it through ads, you know, what they call AVOD. Um, so we're, we're monetizing it through AVOD right now. Okay. So where do you see this, you know, where do you see this going in another two to five years? I mean, your library, you said right now you've got about 50 hours of original content you've produced over the last two years. Is that right? Um, yeah. So, yep. Sorry. So where ahead. do you see yourself, you know, another two or five years out as far as the amount of content and where the business goes? So our goal by end of 2020 is to have a thousand hours of content. Uh, right now we're probably 90, 10, 90% owned content, uh, 10%, um, you know, licensed and, and revenue share, you know, content we're distributing. Um, by the end of the year, that'll probably be closer to 80, 20, 80% content we're syndicating and we've acquired and licensed and 20% owned and operated. Um, so we're going to, we're going to double our owned and operated library, <clears throat> um, at least double it, but then also, um, look to expand with original series, um, that we're, we're becoming a distribution hub for. So that, that's going to be, I think a big kicker is, is essentially 20 Xing our, our current library. Uh, the second thing we're doing is we're looking to um, build out on our initial launch, which happens this month on Social Club TV. We're actually looking to expand on that. So what that means is we're going to um, build out an even an even bigger network. We're going to take not just distribution on our platform and Pluto, but go to other places like Samsung Plus and Vizio and Zumo and Tubi and all these other OTT networks that are looking for content libraries. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're looking to expand on distribution. We're going to have some exclusive things. We're going to be turning on SVOD um, probably in Q3. And with that, we're going to offer not just ad free, but we're going to offer exclusive content with some of the creators we're working with. We're going to even be offering subscription boxes with some partnerships that we have going on. So if you subscribe for say six months at a time, you're going to get, you're going to get an automatic upgrade to get subscription boxes. So there's all kinds of other fun things that we have in the works. Mm -hmm. um, so that's this next year, as far as the next two to five years, you know, I mean, look, you know, the market moves so quickly. Um, if I could just, you know, if you look at the 50,000 foot view or 30,000 foot view of content and OTT in general, what's happening right now is all the major players are consolidated. They're all creating their own walled garden. Some of them are SVOD like Disney plus and HBO max and um, Netflix and Hulu. Others are going more AVOD, which is Peacock um, under NBC Universal and, and, and Pluto under Viacom. And so what we're seeing is that there's going to be probably 10, you know, seven to 10 major choices of a mix of SVOD and AVOD from the largest media conglomerates in the world. And you're going to see them all pulling their content off of everyone else's platform. They're going to use their content exclusivity uh, in, in order to generate eyeballs and subscribers and create um, customer acquisition strategies. And that's going to, that's going to be the next three to five years. It's not going to change uh, overnight. And what we see as an opportunity is you're going to see number one, a lot of audiences start to um, drop off. They're going to, they're going to say, okay, you know, you only need to have one hit show to want to subscribe to HBO. If you love game of Thrones that much, you'll probably end up subscribing to right. game of, you know, to HBO for that series. If you have one hit show and Netflix, you know, some, some is different. Some of them are, a slightly different tweak of model, but for the, for the subscription, it's going to be a hit driven experience. And what that means is you're spending bigger and bigger budgets. 
<clears throat> and you're actually going to probably have less options for content, not more, because you're not going to be sharing libraries anymore. And so what we do is we come in and say, hey, we're going to help you boost and get you more eyeballs to stick around because we have thousands of hours while they're waiting two years for season two of something that's costing you guys $20 million an episode to make. Right. You know, we're going to swoop in here with a thousand hours to keep their eyeballs glued and we'll revenue share with you. And I think that we see that as, as a real opportunity that's going to certainly play out. I think five years from now, what you're going to do is you're going to see it reverse. You're going to see a bunch of content that's sitting on shelves that's not making a lot of money that people aren't watching anymore because they're not, they sort of peak on custom acquisition and then they're probably going to go back to the model and you're going to probably see Game of Thrones, maybe not Game of Thrones, but you're going to see old other people's content back on Netflix as Netflix starts licensing more stuff again to keep mm -hmm. their, their subscribers mm -hmm. happy. But so, I, I, I see that as the next five year cycle. So, okay. So <clears throat> for somebody who's not, you know, in this space, you know, this, uh, this may seem like a stupid question to you, but for somebody who's not in the space, I want to make sure I understand the model properly. So when you're on Pluto, and you're trying to acquire a new customer, that customer is going to have to pay Ronin or your channel monthly for your access to your content. Is that correct? No, that's not correct. So, so our platform is advertising supported. So it's AVOD. So what happens is if you're on Pluto right now and you go to their THC channel, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to watch our content on the THC channel. If you're, if you're a current Pluto user and Pluto is free for everyone. That's okay. just, that's just one thing at the same time. Uh, you're going to be able to download and install Social Club TV to get more content because Pluto doesn't have all of our content. They, they have probably 70% of it, but you're going to go on our platform and get even more content and more exclusive content. And that's also free. That's all, that's all going to be AVODs or okay. advertising. So your, your, business is, yeah. your business is all, is all supported by advertiser revenue. Yes, for right now. Yeah, okay. we're, we're going to have SVOD down the road. But that's only going to be when we have something, I think, a little bit better to offer in terms of exclusive content and, and exclusive opportunities. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it's, you know, it's taken me a while to get to this question, but, um, you know, one of the things I like to focus on in the interviews we do with up and coming companies like yours is, you know, talk about disruption and mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're in kind of the crosshairs of disruption in, in so many different ways because, You've got, you know, the cannabis industry, which is going through major disruption. You've got, you know, different states that are legalizing cannabis all the time, new players uh, entering the space, you know, consolidation taking place. And then you've also got, you know, on the content side of things, a lot of disruption there as well with the way people are um, downloading and digesting content today. So tell me kind of, you know, it seems like you're in a, you're in a great spot because you're taking advantage of, of this disruption. But, but tell me your take on things is disruption working to your advantage or is it, is it something you're, you know, having a, a difficult time navigating through? So, yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because if you look at where we sit on, on the disruption, it's, it's kind of on the one hand, it's being, a, I don't want to say the word attack, but it's happening on all sides. And in some ways it's great for us. And in other ways it's challenging. So, you know, on the disruption that I think is advantageous for what we're doing right now, if we can mix media and cannabis, um, right now you've seen the death of pretty much cannabis media. I mean, um, you know, look, let's be honest, High Times is a walking corpse. Um, yeah. They've gone through, what, four or five CEOs in the last five years. Uh, they've shifted from being a media publishing company, and now they're going to be a, a retail and licensing company. Um, they just hired another new C-suite. 
Um, they're hemorrhaging money. They haven't had anything close to even a remotely profitable anything in, in I don't know, a decade. Um, and they're constantly burning vendors on events. So, you know, again, this isn't a, you know, shit talk on high time. It's just to say, um, you know, they're not even calling themselves a media company right now. So, you know, uh, civilized is gone. Prohibited is out of the media business uh, entirely. You know, um, you know, I would say Mary Jane's doing a great job. They have a, you know, unique core business. Leafly just let go of a bunch of the stuff. So I think cannabis as, you know, the cannabis media industry, if you look at that, for instance, uh, is in cha- is is in trouble and, and turmoil, and that's I think that's reflected by what's happening in cannabis in general, which is state by state, some things are successful, some things aren't. What's working well in Colorado can be a disaster in California. California is is a really challenging market right now, um, from regulatory taxes, the 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 inability for the government to force two-thirds of the cities in California to allow for this delivery or retail operations, mm-hmm. uh, the lack of licenses. It's, it's just, it, it's a real challenge and it, and it's, and it sucks because you have a lot of business owners who are going out of business or leaving cannabis um, because it's so, you know, it just, it, it's challenging on every single level. Retailers aren't paying distributors, which means distributors aren't paying brands, which means brands are going out of business yeah. and everyone's blaming everyone else. So if, if you are building a media business that's going to operate and survive off of, you know, cannabis companies, you're probably not doing well right now. Um, on the flip side, I look at media as a whole, and I look at the fact that right now you are able to cost effectively and and without spending a whole bunch of money on technology, z- zone in or, or sort of, um, you know, identify and market to consumer and audience segments like never before. So what does that mean? It means that I can go out and quickly identify millions and millions and millions of people who are interested in cannabis and interested in hemp and who are interested in content and who fit the demographic we seek and then immediately deliver them hundreds of hours of content, right? Mm-hmm. In, in, in a free manner and so they can consume it. And what we're doing is rather than going to the cannabis brands and saying, who don't have a lot of budgets, who are, who are trying to, you know, frankly survive and saying, we need you to underwrite this stuff. It's more like us going to Domino's and Grubhub and Pizza Hut and Postmates and Oreo cookies and Kellogg's uh, and say, hey, this is a great consumer demographic for you. Uh, these these consumers are actually interested in your products and your services and what you have to offer. Uh, and then on the health and health, same thing with the health and wellness side. We're building on a whole health and wellness vertical um, based on who the consumers are in the hemp space and what they're looking for. And so again, it's not about just surviving off of hemp brands in the emerging media, or the, excuse me, in the emerging brand space. It's about going to existing. Uh, health and wellness companies and saying, hey, we again, we have this audience. So I look at it like, <clears throat> you know, for us, um, I, I and for me personally, I've been in this space now for, for well over a decade. I want cannabis to survive. I want the cannabis industry to thrive. There's so many challenges around right now. And so for us as a media company, we're here to offer our platform and our audiences to the right brands, not just in cannabis and hemp, but also outside of it. Right, right. Well, I think you're in a tremendous spot. I mean, I, like you said, there may be some tough times ahead, at least in the short term in California and some other states. I know that, you know, in California specifically, the black market is is thriving right now because, you know, the, the regulations are so challenging for the guys who are trying to do it right. Um, but I think, you know, once the state figures out how to better regulate or enforce regulations, um, you know, there's, there's really going to be a, just a huge market opportunity here. And, uh, you know, you're in early on the media side. Um, 
you know, as, as we close, you, out yeah. the inter- you know, as we, as we close out the interview here, let me, let me give you the opportunity to, to plug a couple things. If, uh, you know, if somebody was listening to this and they wanted to check out your content, are there any particular shows you're, you're really excited about that you'd, you'd like to tell the audience about? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about, um, being the launch platform for, for burner and marijuana mania. Um, we have all of his, his old series, but that's going to, we're going to be actually in pre-production on his new stuff, uh, next month. So that that's exciting. Uh, we are excited to launch Pit My Grow with DNA Genetics. We have a, we have a really cool, fun series there. Um, that, that again, same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that'll be going out later this month. Um, right now, if you want to see some of the stuff we have, please go to Pluto TV and check out the THC channel. Um, you know, you're going to be able to watch most of our programming there, including Dope State, um, another show I'm super proud of and really, really happy to be involved with. Um, we're, we're actually working with Gabriel Sunday on a couple of new um, concepts around that series as well. And then just stay tuned. By, certainly within the next two weeks, Social Club TV will be available for download. Um, Social Club TV is our OTT network. It's not user-generated content. It's all premium, curated, aggregated content. Um, again, we're going to have well over 50 hours. You're going to have you know up to 20 different series on there. Um, we're going to actually start launching a couple of docu-series, um, long-form content, including movies, all kinds of fun stuff's coming down the road. Really exciting time. Well, Joshua, thank you for being a part of the podcast. And um, perhaps we'll reconnect with you uh, in six months or so and just see how things are tracking. Thank you, man. I appreciate okay. it. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having us on. And, and uh, you know, uh, definitely check in in six months. I think we'll have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Oh, terrific. Okay. Talk to you soon, Josh.